sand that was sticky with blood clumped between Clay's talons. The sun beat down, bright and hot in his eyes. He paced around the arena, thinking, was there any way out of this? He couldn't count on peril saving his life, that was for sure. She'd betrayed him once. Surely she would do it again if it was to save her mother. He heard her scales scraping along the tunnel and turned to face her as she entered the arena. Welcome to the book fair, children's literature for grown-ups. My name is Anthony, and uh, this time on the podcast, I am bringing you something I was completely unaware of. A series called Wings of Fire by Tui T. Sutherland, uh, published by Scholastic. The first book, The Dragonette Prophecy, was published back in 2012, and they are currently on book number 15 of the series. I am extremely impressed with how long I've gone without knowing about this book until I started doing research for this podcast on what's currently in publication, what books are currently popular among students. This was one of the first things that came up. Not just the first book, but the most recent ones are constantly trending among middle school and fifth grade students. And I can honestly say, if you were to see this book for yourself, don't judge a book by its cover. Because I fell for it. I actually saw this cover and thought what lay ahead was going to be a simple early reader book about dragons and there's a prophecy it's going to be all about finding a lost land from the first page we are taught of a 20-year war fought between different tribes of dragons all across the land and the book even has at the very beginning a nightwing guide to the different dragon uh the different dragons of Pyrea the land that this world this book takes uh, place in we have mudwings and sandwings Sky wings, sea wings, ice wings, rain wings, and of course, night wings. Every single one of these is wrapped up inside of the plot, and uh, with the exception of rain wings, who are seen as the lazy race of dragons within the story, they are all engaged in this all out war between the three siblings who are the daughters of the queen of the sand wings if I'm remembering that correctly. And those three sisters are Burn, Blaze, and Blister. And when I started reading this book, I was immediately turned off by the names. I felt that they were very uh, uninspired. You know, I wasn't expecting high fantasy type names when I started reading this book. And I kind of grew accustomed to the, the naming choices we do have more uh, abstract names that do give a sense of character more than just Blister and Burn and Blaze and Scarlet, you know? There's a Rainwing, one of the five dragonets of the prophecy, named Glory. The Mudwing is named Clay. And it took me until about halfway through this book to, to realize that this is a story of a prophecy in a world in which the dominant species of the world is dragons. There are scavengers, which are uh, 
they never really explicitly say what they are, but they are described as uh, mostly pink, nearly hairless, bipedal creatures that use uh, primitive weapons. They have to make their own talons. And they're people, they're humans, that are, uh, they, they're not what we are used to. Uh, they are trying to fight to survive in a land that is dominated by dragons. They aren't able to. They aren't able to sail in the sea because there are sea wings. They're not able to. They're not able to set up homes because there's just dragons populating the world everywhere. They have to fight for their little space to survive in, and they are usually nomadic in nature. And that's when I realized that the characters uh, in this book, in Wings of Fire, are mostly named after the things that are in the world. You have Clay, who is a mudwing. That that tracks that a mudwing would be named Clay. You have someone like Tsunami, a sea wing. And the, these are all of the uh, Dragonets of Prophecy. They are prophesized to be five hatchlings who will end the war. Uh, there is an ancient... There is a race of dragons who is not involved in the world war... Um, they are the Nightwings. They're mysterious. They keep to themselves. There's a Nightwing named Morrowseer, who is the one who foresaw this prophecy, so he wrote it. And the book is primarily told through Clay's perspective. He and the other Dragonettes of Prophecy are being raised by Kestrel, a Skywing. I have to remember this because I read this about a week ago. Um, and unfortunately, their conditions are not super good the talons of peace are a underground movement they're hiding the dragonettes are being raised underneath a mountain and they've never seen daylight except for a small pinhole up in the roof of a cavern and what what comes in through the entrance to the cave before it's sealed shut behind their caretakers when they bring in food the plot starts moving with the dragon Maroseer comes to visit the dragonettes to see how the prophecy is going. One of them is a rainwing who is not a part of the prophecy. This is because on the brightest night when the dragonettes were meant to be hatched, one of them was one of the eggs was destroyed in an attempt to stop the talons of peace from succeeding. So they kind of made do and just adopted a Rainwing. And they. this is when the book took a very dark turn. Instead of just throwing her out and uh, the other dragonettes following, Marosir orders for the Rainwing to be killed, to which Kestrel, their main caregiver and trainer, says that she will personally snap her neck while she's sleeping. Once they... Here, once they overhear this plan while eavesdropping, the dragonettes tried to escape. Tsunami and Clay are the best swimmers. Uh, Tsunami has gills, and Clay can hold his breath for a long time. They they swim through pitch black rivers within the caves, and it's probably one of the greatest parts of this book, in my opinion. Clay trying to find his way through a twisting maze of rivers inside of the cave and it's pitch black there is speckles of 
bioluminescent moss that make that look like stars they finally get out and it's just tsunami and clay they meet scarlet the queen of the skywings who is allied with one of the sisters of the uh, princesses of the sandwings and once they are able to finally escape from her they get the other dragonets out a whole kerfuffle happens then scarlet the queen of the sandwings uh, captures them keeps them locked up and has them fighting in a in an arena and it's a bloodbath it's gruesome whenever there's a fight they this book takes a very dark and gory turn and i love it i don't love how violent it is i mean violence is never the answer obviously but um it doesn't pull any punches much in the way that animorphs towards the end became a um became very forthcoming with its anti-war message wings of fire starts that way and i feel like your average reader of this book is going to be a little bit ahead of the curve. We find out how Clay, when he was hatched, attacked his uh, the other eggs in the hatchery, which they assumed was him trying to kill the other dragonettes when they, before they were even born. And Clay never felt like he was a killer. He didn't want to be a fighter. And I get this sense of, I know where this is going, the prophecy is not going to be a glorious battle led by five different dragons of the different tribes to overthrow the uh, the sand kingdom and take out the the two of the three sisters and leaving only one in in power leading to peace what is going to happen is it's going to be a peaceful resistance it's going to be stopping the war in a peaceful way in that violence is not the answer you're not going to get you're not going, you know, violence begets violence. When they are escaping Scarlet's uh, arena, their little dragon fighting competition, they have at every turn the opportunity to fight and to kill dragons to help their escape. And every single time the dragonettes are letting people go. Oh, there's a train. It's a very loud train today. And they're doing this because we know we know where this story is going. We understand that it's a world that is ripped apart by war. It's a prophecy made by a dragon who has only seen violence. The interpretations of the prophecy are incorrect. And while I feel like that is just kind of lazy writing, it does let it does lend itself to letting the children that are reading these books come to those conclusions on their own. Because as I've said before, empathy is something that comes naturally. Caring for others comes very naturally. And only is selfishness taught when we are made uncomfortable about ourselves and made jealous of other people. That empathy, that sense of wanting peace and hating violence is something that everybody can agree with at an early age. That when there is fighting, it is bad. We should find peaceful solutions to, to problems. And the Wings of Fire series, at least from this first book, uh, it seems to be setting that up really, really well. Uh, as for how it's written, it is written towards a younger audience, I can tell. Uh, 
I'd say this is at least a fourth, fifth grade reading level book. However, it's pretty long. It's a, it's a pretty long book for, uh, for something that's written for such a young audience. And the fact that it's on to its 15th book in the series with multiple spinoffs, I think that's just a testament to how good the writing is. Tui T. Sutherland, she did a wonderful job with crafting a world, creating, I wouldn't say creating memorable characters, but the core five being the dragonettes of the prophecy, they are characters that you will root for. You want to see them succeed, and I appreciate that very much. Do I want to keep reading the series? Honestly, I don't think I want to get invested into a 15-part series just based off of this first book. I think I would have to look into it to see if it diverges from the the war plot into something a little more substantial to really justify 15 books and four spin-offs and graphic novels. I would like to see if there is more to it than just that. But where it stands right now with just the Dragonette prophecy, I don't think I want to go much further than that. That is only because I have so many other books to read. So that is why I want to say for this week, I'm going to make a recommendation. While this is children's literature for grown-ups, I'd like to recommend some grown-up literature. This week, I am reading the new-ish James Patterson book, Run, Rose, Run, co-authored by Dolly Parton, with an accompanying album of 12 songs written and performed by Dolly Parton. The book is really good. I'm only about halfway through it right now, and I cannot wait to see how this uh, story ramps up and how it ends. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in, and I'll talk at you next time. Mm-hmm.